On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out how successful What If is at getting the band back together, who wins the shushy for best actor, if Dan Morin from Biff can share what it's like to only watch two to three comic book shows every week, and which eight Marvel shows will move on in the bracket 400. All of that and more on an all-new Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet that reviews every single live-action television show based on a comic book or comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I will be the host for this episode. I'm joined by my friend who's always here, I think has the perfect attendance, maybe, possibly. Our shining star is Ryan. How's it going? It's pretty close. Uh, it's, it's going well, thank you, Cassie, for asking. Mm-hmm. And how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you, Ryan. Good. Uh, it's pretty close to perfect attendance, at least in comparison to others. It's essentially perfect. It's, yeah. Compared to others, it's like insa- Like you have made more days in a year. You're working like 385 days right. is what it seems like compared to others, I would say. Uh, I need you both to know that perfect attendance scores are ableist, so fuck <laughs> you forever. <laughs> okay, all right. And this angry voice you have here is um, our very own Bigfoot, our kind of myth of the pod. You never know when he's going to be here, when he's not. It's uh, Mike. How's it going? Mr. Unableist. a little... <laughs> Always a little blurry. Little, yeah, a little out of focus, a little hunched over. But I, I will say, you, you're right. I was just slacking the last few weeks. Uh, there, <laughs> there's no like medical reason I couldn't make it. But I'm just saying, in general, the idea of perfect attendance is, mm. is ableist. Yeah, I, I heard there was something about you needing a kidney and a friend that's bad at art. What was that that you yeah. were talking about? I didn't need a kidney. I donated one of my kidneys and nobody made a big deal about it. Mm. And that's bullshit. So I made a big deal about it. <laughs> I really wanted all of us at Pop Filter to stay clear of this. But then I went on Twitter to tell Mike and Cassie and Greg to stay clear of this, which is how I speak to them. And yeah, you don't text or call. <laughs> and Mike had already tweeted about it. So thanks, Mike. H- how do you know I did it? You're a bad fart friend. <laughs> that was- that's true. I only lay bad farts. <laughs> But we do have the gang back together, you guys. The original three, when we're our strongest here. Um, I guess the three musketeers. What is a better phrase for us? I don't like three musketeers. Uh, dick and two balls. Did, are we from the <laughs> same multiverses? The same multiverses. You, could, you couldn't get like a Mike from here, a Cassie from here, and a Ryan from here? I mean, uh, maybe I did. Which universe are you from? Let's try to figure out. Are you Berenstain Bears or Berenstain Bears? I am... <laughs> Neither one of those. Well, Look at me. Okay, all right. I'm just a simple human, man. <laughs> Wait. You, you got bears on the Patreon users or subscribers know that Cassie has bears on the brain. So yeah, I do have bears on the brain. Beyond B, beyond B, as everybody says, as it's the lingo that everybody <laughs> that searches. common phrase. <laughs> that common phrase. Oh, bears on the brain. <laughs> um, you, there's a timeline though where Mike didn't come back, and what do you think we're up to in that timeline? How do you think we're living in that that universe? Uh, we're on the beach, okay, uh, sipping Dax Shepherd's. I was gonna say what's we are in his cult. <laughs> we are now in Dax Shepherd's podcast cult, and you have to drink uh, frozen cups of his jism. 
it's his jism, huh? Does he let us know that, or is it kind of like his little special surprise? I love after the, the, two or three sips, that's what Cassie says. Oh, it's his jism, huh? Oh, hmm. I'm still going to be in this cold. the smirk on his face and the twinkle in his eye lets you know. He sure knows. Also, but a little he odd has been nose, eating pineapple. Is that poor screenwriting that our cult leader's last name is fucking Shepard? Yeah, yeah, that's, come on. It seems a little obvious that is on us, but you know what? When you get, it's a beach life, so I'm not going to leave this beach. I'll I'll suffer through a cult to live on a beach. This is fine. <laughs> but I guess I, we did. We're in this universe here where we are podcasting. We're in the studio, and we got a big show coming up. Uh, for the main event, we're covering the what if finale. Speaking of what ifs, but uh, first, before we get to that, let's go to our bracket. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> We are back, and it's time for us to continue our bracket. This week, we're going to dig into Marvel. This is the one, guys, if we're ever going to throw blows over a bracket, I feel like it's going to be Marvel, because I feel like we're all a little too pas- passionate about Marvel. But there has been, um, we have covered DC horror and indie. Um, Mike, you weren't here for a couple of them. DC and... Indies. Indies. Was there any surprises? Were there any that you were angry that we moved on that you didn't think should have or anything? No, I, it was, what moved on, I agree, should have moved on. It was like the arguments there within. I was on the edge of my seat worried that one of the best shows that we've ever watched, The Boys, was not going to move on because Cassie's <laughs> because power might be so women. strong. Because you guys hate women, uh-huh. It's, it's so wild for, what an erroneous reading of that show you have, Cassie. <laughs> That's what's so crazy. And to try In to throw, way? because the show is on your side. But it's it's not by making me watch that shit for so many fucking hours. It's, it's like you watch Breaking Bad and be like, I just I, I can't like this show because it's so pro drugs. Like that's what it feels like. Like you're, you're you're such a media illiterate that it makes me sad for the school system. They need to teach wow. they need to teach kids how to watch TV shows better. They need to make TV shows better. Okay, come to my level is what I say. But no, because did- you. You were fighting for Katie Keene. Right now we're just talking about the indies. So you, you're, you're like, you're baffled that end of the fucking world moved on, not Katie Keene. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. because Pepper, uh, Pepper what it, that, that one, of the, one of the worst shows we've ever watched. Uh, that's insane. Out of all the shows, there was Krypton if, on there. If right now somebody said, you have to rewatch Krypton or rewatch Katie Keene, I would rewatch Krypton. Also, because I never watched Krypton. So <laughs> That's super insulting. And how dare you say that? I was surprised to hear from uh, guest Caitlin that Krypton has big fans and she's met them. That sounds horrifying to have yeah. to deal with. Yeah, yeah, it does. I don't remember that. I think I blocked it because that's insane. And but- uh, on the DC side, I think the biggest surprise is how how hard to the mat Ryan went for the Flash. Well, I mean, let's talk about why we do this because we have to do this with Marvel too. And part of it has to be about like, uh, overall meaning towards our genre. And The Flash, few shows have ever had more influence and meaning to what we do than that show. That's true. That So if Arrow started at all, The Flash made normal folks be like, oh, I like this stuff. When, in, in voting, because I, I voted correctly with Cassie, I think <laughs> the, the floors of Batman, of Batwoman, are higher and the ceiling... Is, no, wait, flip that. The ceiling is higher and the floors are lower. I don't know. Bat, Batwoman, like, bigger peaks, smaller valleys. The Flash has gone so downhill, it, and it's so hard to remember the its good quality. Times. 
that it had to outweigh the importance for me. It might be hard to remember, but it's possible to remember, you media illiterate. Why don't you fucking remember <laughs> something that you watch? <laughs> We're just all going to yell about how media illiterate we are today, so that's going to be fun. But I think, should we move on to this bracket, this Marvel one? Because it's going to get heavy, I think. I mean, I haven't looked at it. Like Cassie's going to reveal the battles as we go through. Right. But I, I don't know. Like We are all very passionate about Marvel, to yeah. a fault, as all of our you know, significant others and family members have told us. But I don't know if these, like, I can't think of a lot of, like, battles that might come up with Marvel. You know, like, there's some good and there's a lot of bad. Yeah, that, that's, uh, Marvel's TV track record isn't great. Especially if we did this a year ago, if we were hitting episode 400 a year ago and we were doing this, it'd be so different. Marvel really, uh, under the wire, started making solid TV shows so they could maybe win the whole thing. And Cassie, is that what good podcasting is? You were about to start the bracket and say, like, this is going to be exciting. This is tense. And then I was like, no, I, it, it won't be. And Mike was like, yeah, he's right. It won't be. Is that good podcasting? <laughs> yeah, let me go ahead and add on to it as we probably all have the same thing that we're going to say about each of these. So tune in for this segment, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go ahead and start it. You guys, starting it off, we're going to start with our number one seed. This is insane. Daredevil is ranked number one against number 16, Powers. Is Dare now, I've been, Daredevil number one seems insane. Not if it's you not ask man- people. Really? Yeah, if you're if you're out there hitting the pavement, people fucking love it. They seem to really nobody ever talks about the hand or foggy. Mm-hmm. They only talk about how sweet Daredevil was and Charlie Cox should come back and And how good Wilson his ass Fisk, is. How good his ass is. And unlike you, most people respect that Vincent D'Onofrio has given us one of the best Marvel villains. <laughs> He's not a good villain, you guys. He's they, just not. You're in, that that's more boys insanity. Uh, <laughs> that's some media illiterate shit right there. Uh, I don't. We don't talk about the hand or foggy, but we. It's been a while since we talked about the foggy hand, where you sit on your hand for a long time before you watch Daredevil. So it, look, it feels like somebody else is jerking you off. Yeah, it has been a and while you just, since you just we make talked like, about that. <laughs> you, you just make one-liners in the shape of quips <laughs> while you're doing it. This, as of this recording, um, recently, as of this recording. Uh, there's a lot of bring Charlie Cox back and Daredevil season four on Disney Plus, and there was talk that the already announced show Echo, who is a Daredevil side character, is going to feature Charlie Cox. Uh, so this at number one, honestly, for us, is not true. <laughs> like it's just we don't think. Right. This is, but for the world to step up and create this bracket for us, this makes sense to me. I thought they fell off a little bit with the last season. Like, I thought people started to, like, go down on this, or that was solely us. The last season was better than the second season. Yeah, the second was bad. That was the nadir, except that it gave us the Punisher. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, Bullseye was fucking dope. Yeah. Um, I think this... What's Powers, you guys? (laughs) (laughs) Does this count as Marvel? Uh, Yeah, it was... Marvel released the comic book. Okay. And, and and released it on PlayStation. Oh, yep, and released the show it, on PlayStation. It ruined a would-be streaming network. Their first show. <laughs> Cassie, when we, so- when we did the independent bracket, you had not heard of the show Dark Matter. Yeah. And I explained that Mike and I never figured out if it was good, but it was just the only show on. And so maybe we had uh, Stockholm Syndrome with it. Powers was the first show where we could both admit, oh, no, this is fucking terrible like the only <laughs> amount of stockholm syndrome is going to get us to like this show okay uh, the, the the shirts of that era of superhero hour hour because that's what we were called then said 
they don't even know what a TV show is. That that, that was our tagline, because anytime we had to talk about powers, that's it's a bunch of people who had never seen TV were like, they heard their cousin describe a TV show, and when I could make one of those. Perfect. Uh, Mike, and we're, last week, uh, after we were recording, that marks the time where Cassie and Caitlin found out that you and I made it for woo. the internet TV show, uh, uh-huh. uh, like 15 years ago. <laughs> yes. Powers is worse than that. And I'm not. I like, agree. I'm not like all hyped up on our show. I I think that it is as garbage as it is. Uh, Powers is worse than the show that you and I made for literally no money. I think it could be argued ours at least isn't boring. And it's crazy looking at Powers. Uh, they had Trisha Helfert, who we love. Mm-hmm. They had uh, the star of the TV show Dear White People, who we love. It there was talent involved in front of the camera at least, and they just couldn't do anything here. That's so sad. So this sounds like a Slammy D as one versus 16 probably should be. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and go to yeah. a vote. Ryan? Oh, it's Daredevil. Mike? DD? DD all the way. All right, our next matchup, we got Luke Cage at number nine versus our number four. No, nope. no, no. No, 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 no. I don't know how to read a bracket. What is that top one? It's so small. If uh, If I could call in my eyes here. My eyes on the mic to come closer. The third seed is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm, that makes sense. Okay, so we got third Falcon and Winter Soldier versus number nine, Luke Cage. Let's start it I'm off. S- Mike? So I was going to say, I'm surprised that Falcon and Winter Soldier is number three. Yeah, I, it was this is like a fine show. I think this is like Disney hype. This is like one that just people were so excited for. This is Sebastian Stan Winter Soldier hype is what I would say. Are you a Sebastian Stan? Also, oh, it's number eight. Seed. Oh, number eight. That this makes, makes way more sense. sense. Okay. This is this is okay. Fair. I was I was like looking at some of the other seeds coming up, and I was like, "This is insane." This is simply uh, insane. Yeah, I think I think the big three of the show, the big four. I think Mackie, Stan, uh, Russell, and I wish I knew the actress's name. The the, the redhead. Mm-hmm. They all crushed. Carly Morgenthau. Carly Morgenthau. Thank you. Boom. That's the character's name, but still, thank you. <laughs> uh, they all did a good job. But it was it, it. This is a show that went. Let's be a normal TV show and not shake anything up. And God damn it, it did that. Here's a crazy thing about this matchup. Um, I think that as time goes on, the Netflix Marvel shows get worse in my head. Like so much yeah. boring, so, so like so much dealing with trauma and things of that nature. Crab Rangoon, and but not knowing how to deal with it in an entertaining way or interesting way. Uh-huh. Falcon the Winter Soldier is. The most Marvel Netflix show that Disney Plus has made so far, for a lot yeah. of those same reasons. Mm-hmm. It lo, talk about Luke Cage. I I think it was so wild to watch it. So we were high off of Daredevil and Jessica Jones, right? And then Luke Cage came out, and the first six episodes, we were like, okay, Alfred Woodard and uh, is it Mashali Ali was was Cottonmouth, Mahershala. and we're like, these are Mahershala mm-hmm. Ali. We're like, these are some really good fucking villains. And they're like, what if we got rid of? an amazing villain and put a cart GI Joe bad guy instead. And we're like, Oh, Marvel <laughs> Netflix might be bad. You guys, Marvel Netflix might be bad. And the amount of times different people had to stand in front of the Biggie Smalls portrait. So yeah. we would always let them stand know in front of Biggie Smalls. They are the ruler of Harlem now is <laughs> how fuck. Else, how else would the media illiterate like me know who was running <laughs> it at the time? Mike. Okay. I do have to defend that though. Cause in the studio, there's a giant cardboard stand up of Spider-Man wearing a monster squad hat. With a birthday hat, like a party hat on top of it. <laughs> and we will always stand in such a way where it looks like we're wearing those two hats. <laughs> sure, it's fun, but you're not going to say they should teach this 
in film classes because it is Daenerys with the wings <laughs> behind her level bullshit. But see, you're lying, Mike. Because every time, Lucky. like if Cassie does that, Mike and I will scream, they should teach this in film school. <laughs> like you're fucking lying to the audience right now. That's I'm trying true. to act smarter than you That's are. That's true. I'm trying to act cool. I'm sorry. These, this is a good matchup, though, because these both had stories beyond, you know, like, um, I guess, like, social justice side to both of these, which they both handled well, I think, for the most part. As, as good as they could. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. slightly, slightly better than the CW might, but not as, not as like... True, I was comparing it to CW, yeah. so <laughs> I, I guess that's fair. Not as much better as CW than you might think. And that is a riddle for everybody to figure out. Um, let's go ahead and take this to voting. Mike, uh, which one are you going with? Falcon and Winter Soldier. Hell yeah, Ryan. I'm going with Luke Cage. Oh my god, you're going to make me break this between these two? I just, I have forgotten more about Falcon and the Sol- Winter Soldier, even though it's more recent, than I have about Luke Cage, which I, I think is crazy. I Wyatt Russell is stuck in my head, and the amount that real people hated him, <laughs> uh, I, I think it is like a career-defining role. Uh, and yeah, I, he did. He did so much with that role, but I do think I think Luke Cage has a bit more staying power. I don't know if it's just because it's the one season, but it was Falcon Winter Soldier was a bit more of a letdown for me. I think it was my expectation. I'm gonna go Luke Cage. So Luke Cage, Luke Cage had two seasons, just so you know. So you're forgetting one of them. <laughs> they had two. No, Falcon Winter Soldier had one. That one, yes, two. Thank you, thank you. All right, our next matchup, we got the number four seed Loki versus number thirteen Iron Fist. How is Iron Fist thirteen? Yeah. It's shockingly high. high. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't I literally never met a person who liked Iron Fist. This the, well, how many seasons do they have? The final one at the very end seemed like when it was gonna get yeah, good. The last That's five what I was gonna say. The, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that the last scene of Iron Fist were like, oh shit, here's your show. <laughs> Cassie introducing this bracket was like, oh, and we'll all have the exact same things to say. And all three of us were <laughs> tripping over each other. But <laughs> It, it was like they they went in going like, you know, in 2015, you're now dealing with the white savior. Of course, this white blonde rich kid is better at kung fu than Asian folks. Already that's problematic. But then to get such a non-actor, just like such a, bad actor. a whiny little shit to play one of the coolest characters. I, I fucking love Danny Rand in the comics. And to get this fool, uh, only Ward Meacham ever got what the show should be. And nobody rose to his level. Ward Meacham is actually a... Superhero shows are a classic character, but I love when people talk about Marvel Netflix and bring it to Disney Plus. They're always like, "Maybe the shows weren't great, but we should get the actors. We should go back and get John Bernthal and Charlie Cox and Christian Ritter and Mike Coulter." And there's such a definitive <laughs> stop right there. Like, and, and that is the end Colleen of the Wing. list. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what I don't like, and like, I, Charlie Cox is great. I fucking love him in general. I think he's a good actor, but like, nobody is unrecastable in my head. Fucking get all new slate. Let it be its own new thing. All of them should be Nathan it's, Fillion. Why doesn't Nathan Fillion play all the defenders? <laughs> you would do it. Um, and then, of course, Loki, uh, which we all absolutely loved. I think there was there was never an episode that we were down on, I don't think. Or maybe just a couple. I would say based on, and again, like, I'm going off of my Twitter feed and the articles that I read. So even though I'm going away from our podcast, it's still in my bubble. Mm. But according to my outer satellite rims of my bubble, I think we actually did like this more than most people. You know, oh, I, really? I, I think that everybody was like B, B minus, and we were like B plus, A minus. Well, a huge part is is so many of the people in your bubble, Ryan, uh, are media illiterates. <laughs> and... <laughs> 
The amount of times people are like, one of our favorite episodes as a trio was them on a train Mm -hmm. getting to know each other. And people are like, but nothing happened. And so it's like, oh, these are people who need dumb spoon fed plot and will hate character moments. And that's what that episode delivered uh, wonderfully. I can't believe Mike has finally figured out the term. For the tone that he uses with all people. And we are never going to hear the end. Let the media illiterate era begin. (laughs) This time. Um, This this is uh, after coming off of a few week break. I was like, what can I bring different? I was like, oh, I can be a dick to the people who are on the show with me and who listen to the show. All in one. In one term, you've summed it up. I'm so proud of you. Um, this does feel like a slammy D, though, so I'm going to take it to a vote. Ryan, I'll start with you. Yeah, it's Loki. Get the fuck out of here, Randy Dan. Randy Dan. Mike? Loki. Loki all the way. All right. Our next matchup is number five seed Jessica Jones versus the 12th seed What If. This five for Jessica Jones seems, I want to say low, but I feel like there is some strong ones. Like I'm glad she mi- it went up this high. That first season is incredible. The first season is the best season of, if you individualize all Marvel Netflix seasons. Yeah. Right. The second one is not good. Mm. But, Mike, I think you bailed. I think there was a long time where I was talking about it by myself. Which, how rare. Like, especially in that era, I had nothing going on in life. And I was just like, <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't do it. You know how hard it is to look at your to-do list and it says, don't watch Jessica Jones? Like, <laughs> what do you do with that information? Check mark that. To-do done. <laughs> to-do, do, done, done. Um... But and then against what if like this is the most recency bias we can have yeah like we're t- like we just stopped watching it our main event is this finale but I think we'll talk about this in literally the next segment but I think part of what ifs like how it landed and what it wanted to do is almost to be forgotten like it's yeah. almost like uh-huh. just like this simple thing to get in and get out of I, I don't know I. What if is low, I guess, but I don't I don't see an upset here for me. Yeah, I think similar lines. Like, what if it just, like, I see in the future us just literally being like, oh, you remember that one storyline in What If, and then that's it. Like, Vegas Thor is what I will remember from What yeah. If, and, like, that's going to be about it, I think, for me. Panties on Milnior. That's all anybody ever <laughs> talk about. Um, should we just go ahead and move this one on to a vote? I want to hear the rest of party thor's rap that mike just started <laughs> hey yo i'm party thor panties on milnior don't call my mom because i'm gonna cry a lot and, and that's just, the end and just for that that was gonna get a boost this might switch up my voting <laughs> um mc mike what are you going with uh it's jessica jones for me hell yeah ryan same same for me as well another slammy d our next matchup we got the second seated wandavision versus number is that 15? That's 15. 15. Cloak and Dagger. Oh my god, Cloak and Dagger, you guys. Do you remember that? I forgot about Cloak and Dagger. So, um, you know what? Let's talk about Cloak and Dagger. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Is this going to be the last time? Uh, Cloak and Dagger was not worse than some of the shows ahead of it on this bracket. No. It was the least watched, least talked about. Like, it. no one watched or talked about this show. Because it was freeform, right? Yes. Yeah. And it had and a freeform vibe, for sure. It had a freeform vibe for <laughs> w- whatever you think that should mean. Uh, and I think if Cloak and Dagger, if we did this in the 90s, uh, we'd be stars because we were podcasting 30 years before anybody else. But Cloak and Dagger were huge then. It was a little-known channel with now forgotten characters barely tied to the MCU. It made people not 
go to watch it. The main thing I remember about Cloak and Dagger is the actor who played Cloak's voice. That was so, and he was like, you know, late teens, early twenties. But it was so booming that they barely had to add any effect to it when he became Cloak. Yeah, yeah. they were just like, no, you already sound good. I'm trying to remember. I feel like we. I can't remember if these kids could act or not. And if for the yes. like, that's where I'm at right now. Is like, I feel like they did by the end find like they were they were actors. I they were they were actors. <laughs> I think mo- more than bringing anybody from Netflix back, I think these two kids deserve to show up yeah. in a Disney Plus form because they were better than their property. Hell yeah! Um, but it's against Wall Division. So do I move this to a vote? I don't. Speaking of shows, we don't remember what well, Wanda. What is that one? <laughs> just just a couple characters. I don't know. Catherine Hahn, Paul Bettany. You know, just some some to name a couple. Catherine Hahn with two shishies already, right? Yeah. Best supporting yeah. actress and yeah. funniest performance. And a brand new in the works Disney Plus show. What's up? Yeah. All right, I'm gonna move it to a vote. Ryan, what are you going with? It's Wanda Vision. Yep. Mike. Wanda Vision. One hundred percent. All right, our next matchup: seven seated Legion versus ten Defenders. There's no defense for the defenders. <laughs> this was another one where I literally, if you told me there was a person who enjoyed the defenders, like I don't believe they. Exist. It was shockingly bad. Like it, it was, found a way to be yeah. bad in different ways than th- its feeder shows were bad. Yes, worse than the sum of its parts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where Legion but, came in and blew everyone's mind, like especially the that first. one. Yeah, I, the the one dope defenders thing is. Uh, I think it's Run the Jewels and then the four of them in a hallway. At this yeah. point, they're like, well, we know we can do this well. And then watching them all bounce off of each other. And that was a six-minute awesome thing in eight hours of garbage. Yeah. I mean, that like Defenders is like the best example of what was wrong with Marvel Netflix because we all, all, all of us wanted to see the four <laughs> of them together either fighting or hanging out. And there's like three scenes total because they kept saying like, oh, no. That's not what good shows do. What good shows do is make you wait and build up suspense. It was like, motherfuckers. It was so bad. It was so terrible. And they kept that fucking white boy. They kept that <laughs> motherfucker in there. <laughs> and it's just so hard to get on board with that. The, there was one other good scene. It's because we do like them together. It was Mike Coulter and Danny Rand. And it was Mike Coulter telling Danny Rand everything the audience has felt about him his whole runs of Iron Fist <laughs> on a bridge uh, in New York, and that was awesome. If they could have just replayed that for a couple hours <laughs> and then gave us the run the jewels, you know what? Bumped it. Would have liked it more. Um, but yeah, Legion was I'd, like cinematic, confusing, insane. You know what happened, I think, with Legion is that its third season was so not watched or talked about that that it's sort of... I bet this could have been like a top three show yeah. mm-hmm. based on its first two seasons, but man, did it go out with a whimper. Yeah, they, literally, it dropped off. I don't know. Was there a long pause between those? I don't know how people dropped... Like, everybody dropped off for that one. I think... Because I know I felt like this, but trudged on and you know had this podcast to do. But I think that for the most part, for the audience, it was like, all right, the confusingness is not worth all the cool visuals. Yeah. You know, like, right. it's just one part is overwhelming the other part. It wasn't paying off enough yeah. to keep you right. interested. But then Defenders was garbage. So <laughs> where will we go? And they, I think there was a gap, Cassie, which was part of it because Noah Hawley was doing Legion and Fargo oh. and would do one, then the other, then one, then the other. And the gaps in between each thing got longer and longer and longer. That makes sense. Because he's tired. He's Oh man, it's hard to make some of the fucking coolest, weirdest shit on TV. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to move it to a vote. Mike, where are you going? 
Oh, Legion. All right, Ryan. Uh, by far. Oh, God, by far. <laughs> so much Legion, 100%. All right, our next matchup, number third seated. This is the real third seat, the Punisher versus 14th Runaways. Start it with Runaways. Yeah, I mean, I would say this is the same thing as Cloak and Dagger. Like, I think it was roughly more talked about, a little bit more watched. Still on Freeform? Or this, this one, is Hulu? This, this was a Hulu, Hulu original. Yeah. Uh, big deal for me and Mike, because the people who created the OC created a Marvel show and stayed with it for a little bit. Not a long time. But uh, Schwartz and Savage, it was a Schwartz and Savage joint. And I would say that... It, it tried to do some things. It tried to add some stuff to, uh, like, a lot of stuff that we were missing from the other Marvel shows. And by that, I mean, like, the OC element. But it never mm-hmm. got all the way there of having the, the original characters with the original dialogue, you know, sort of being the thing that it's also making fun of all at the same time. And not that every show has that, but Runaways had none of, none of it. Mm-hmm. And so often in so many of our shows, if they focus on the parents and the kids, we're like, that's awesome. But this one, I think they were overwhelmed. It was like a 20-character yeah. main cast. It's it quite a, an ensemble. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a whole and lot. it meant everybody got lost in the sauce. When thinking back, nobody sticks out as like, oh, that character. Uh, I remember Faces, but everybody was pretty like, it, they just didn't have time. And I think last week we talked about how one of the things Y is doing so well, Y, the last man, is um, that it will just not feature characters for entire mm-hmm. episodes. And that's just something that Runaways really tried not to do. So we had to check in with all 20 people every, every episode. <laughs> like that's, that's a lot. They took on too Sometimes much. Sometimes they're just yelling a sentence, and now I'm in jail. <laughs> I would say it also suffers from what I'll call the pogo effect. There was a dinosaur on here, yeah. so who's going to, like, what else are you going to remember besides the dinosaur? But then they took it out of commission, just like Pogo. Yeah. Like, we came for the dinosaur. Bring it, put the, if you're going to show everybody, show the dinosaur. It's like NBA players that will take you know a quarter of the games off just to rest. Like What did we buy tickets for then? It's the goddamn dinosaur. <laughs> why isn't there a dinosaur on an NBA team right now? Why? These are all good questions. Well, watch the Raptors, my friend. They're all dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, and then the Punisher. Uh, Mike, huge fan, I think you said earlier. I, I, John Bernthal is fucking amazing, and this is, I think this is one of his best roles in it. And that first season, him and Micro were a dope duo together. Wait, the guy from the, s- the Nature Guy who has like the shows on Discovery Channel? Does he have shows on Discovery Channel? Micro, yeah, like he no. eats stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, Dirty Jobs, Dirty Jobs, yeah. fucking the Punisher hanging out with Dirty Jobs with Micro. Honestly, let you know that it. there's conservatives that are okay. Uh, <laughs> But then again, like one of uh, just a forgettable second season. Like mm-hmm. there's the cowboy hat man who's very quiet and I think religious, but. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you think about the Punisher, and you're like, yeah, two seasons. All you ever think about is that first season. Yeah, that is very true. But it is against Runaways, so I'm going to go ahead and go this, move this to a vote. Ryan, where are you going? I'm, I'm kind of. I'm going to go with Punisher yeah. to not rock the boat like you idiots did with the Flash, but you fucking. Liberal elites. Wait, what is Mike's term? Media, Media illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> and liberal elite. You guys are both. Um, but Runaway is close for me, but I will go with the Punisher. It's kind of crazy to me that it's close to you. Uh, is it just the dinosaur that is it's pushing a, it? Is it? Does Punisher have a dinosaur? <laughs> it does not. Mike, where are you going? Oh, imagine fucking John Bernthal riding in <laughs> we just a goddamn... We just lost Mike for the rest of the show. <laughs> this is all <laughs> I'm just going to go jerk off. <laughs> He's uh, on the phone with his tattoo artist right now. <laughs> I also oh shit I also think it's closer than 
three versus 14, but it is also the Punisher. I think you guys are fools for thinking it's closer. It is the Punisher, though. All right. Our final matchup. We got six seated Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. versus... We haven't talked about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. yet. It's We're almost now- done with the bracket. We haven't even talked about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's its time now versus the 11th, the Gifted. You will have to talk about the Gifted before you talk about this. What Go to you, you have to wait longer. Talk okay. about the Gifted. The Gifted was like, okay, what if we made a fucking mutant TV show using none of the X-Men and we can't even say their names and also we don't know how to write a TV show. <laughs> Let's talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Also, uh, Deke wasn't in it. There was no Deke. Go ahead, pop off on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you guys. You, you have your moment. I mean, we've only been doing it for literally 400 <laughs> episodes of this podcast. So. And every one time of, it's just uh, one of our- Deke. One of her grandpappy shows. Let, yeah, let's move beyond Deke. Because uh, Deke was only in the last few seasons. Uh, this is uh, a tale of garbage first season and then figured their shit out. And then continue to figure the shit out because they're like, all right, you're going to give us 22 episodes? Fuck you. We're telling a six episode story. You can't make us not do that, ABC. They just played more and more and created their own rules in a way so many of these shows do not. Should I, uh, should I Cassie, should I explain to you how this bracket is going to go down? <laughs> Do you mean like which one of these is going to take the whole thing? Yeah. It's, no, I think we can picture this. It's going to come down to Chloe Bennett versus Aubrey Plaza versus Catherine Hahn versus Kristen Ritter. Jesus. Do you know who those four are? Jesus. No, who? They're Mike Crushes. Yeah. Those are all the people that Mike loves. <laughs> I hope they don't ever have to fight each other, but also I would pay for it. Mm-hmm. Of course you would. All right, let's go to move this to a vote. Uh, Ryan, where are you going? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Of course, Mike. Shield. Yep, 100%. Cassie? Shield, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Gifted was trash. Oh, Cassie said something positive about Shield. You all heard it. It's historic. (laughs) She said it's the boys of our generation. It's not a bad show. It's a good show. (laughs) All right. Our final eight for Marvel. We got Daredevil versus Lee... Luke Cage. Luke Cage. And then we got Loki versus Jessica Jones. WandaVision versus Legion. Punisher versus Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So this is the fourth time I've said this since we started this bracket. But, man, that first round is easy and bullshit. And these second rounds are going to be fucking rough stuff. Yeah. This is where we get rid of some true babies. All right, you guys. (laughs) It's time to not focus on what just came out of my mouth and instead talk about the what if finale. Bye, true babies. (laughs) On the season finale of What If, we see that Marvel's going to marvel as the only thing in the entire Marvel world that two told small, one-off stories did it. Instead, the Watcher serves as a big-headed Nick Fury, rounding up an interdimensional Avengers to take out Ultra Ultron. They plan, they hang, they quip, and they punch, and in the end, they win. Taste buds, I ask you this. Did a finale that combined all of the stories together weaken the premise of the show or strengthen the show as a whole? I think, I mean, this might be like the third or fourth time we've talked about this, but I think that we were never told the premise and, or the premise was we do what we want and Mm -hmm. then they kept doing it. And so I don't know if we can get mad at it. Yeah. It, I do think looking in the zoom and how memory works because memories are bad, it will be greater than the sum of its parts. It, this was a pretty dope finale, but it doesn't make the bad episodes better or the dumb moments not dumb yeah I see it just means this one was fun 
Yeah. I see what you're saying with that, though. Like, if you're gonna do it a certain way, like, so many of the shows start off strong for us and then end weekly, and they were like, we're gonna start off mediocre, somewhat bad, and then at the end, throw a banger out there. So hopefully people focus mainly on that. Also, think about it like you're watching an episode of SNL. Are you gonna love uh-huh. every single skit? Like, mm-hmm. or if you're reading a short story anthology, you know, like, there's right. going to be up, there's gonna be things that work better than others, or there's gonna be... You know, if you're not a critic, if you're a media illiterate, there's going to be things that are up your alley and things that aren't. And so you're going to like those more. Right. It, it, what I think it really proved is that even though there, there's so many different creators within Marvel, the Marvel House style is bad at short, small stories. Yeah. Mm. Because you could have made a great 20-minute Marvel Zombies. Because it's not like th- what dragged that down wasn't a bunch of scenes of Thor in a magic cave connecting to other things it was just a bad episode of tv right but it's almost like they're like well it doesn't even matter if these stories are good because it's going to all tie together at some point but the only thing that tied some of them together was the watcher being like i wish i could help (laughs) nope uh perfect watcher impression (laughs) perfect watcher yeah i've been working on my jeffrey right (laughs) uh cassie i haven't said this today do you want to do a watcher impression yeah uh well you ought to i i i think that it's a lot like (laughs) <laughs> I, it's a lot like what why we like Halloween is we get to see all of our friends dressed up differently and that's what right what if is no matter what whether, no matter what the premise is we get to see everybody dressed up differently and that's enough of a delight if you're a Marvel head to carry you through some like meandering storylines mm-hmm. yeah if you're not a Marvel head I don't know why yeah. I don't know why I mean my why, wife yeah, I don't know about yours Mike but my wife my wife started watching this and she was like I don't need it I I don't need it. <laughs> yep. Uh, my wife, who at this point I think is a huge MCU head, uh, but not a full Marvel head, bailed after an episode of this. That makes sense. Does Did it bum you guys out that it is essentially, like, we mentioned he did become essentially Nick Fury. Like, they did just take, like, Avengers and made it, like, that they just copied a storyline. Did that bum you guys out? Here's why I liked it. Um, things become tropes. You know, like... We don't right. explain the Groundhog Day thing anymore. We just get two Groundhog Day movies a year because we understand tropes. Nick Furying as a verb <laughs> is a trope. And so he literally ran, like, the first minute is him going from dimension to dimension going, hey, what are you, part of a team? Yes, you are. And then moving on. And we just understand that as a trope now. Mm-hmm. And also, like, Nick Fury gave us the name, but Danny Ocean did it before. Like, well, That's why right, this episode Danny is Ocean great is love getting the band together. Yeah. It's just so fucking delightful is just watching. And this, one of the, why this is a great episode is not just because we got to see our action figures play with each other. It was, it was now mocking the, a thing we've seen since the fifties and movies is the, the, the way it did not take time. And he had to explain, he was just like, you, 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 that they, there's at least a, a, a healthy dose of parody in that. Mm-hmm. The one thing that we were missing, and I think that this should become attached to every getting the band together trope is the scene from Ocean's Eleven where it would be like Yatu and uh, Ego, the living planet, at a bar. And uh-huh. Ego's just like swishing a drink, doesn't say a word. And Yatu's like, all right, we have our 10. We have our this, 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 and this. We have our 10. You think we need 11? You think we need 11? All right, let's get 11. That scene <laughs> should be in every single one of these. Yes. And, and they, they, what, what I did like is the pairing of uh, Evil Strange and Yuatu uh, as the Brad Pitt George Clooney here, like they're the ones putting it together. Like I like that it it was very interesting. And if we had like a movie, there'd be more egos, not the living planets, 
uh, clash together is they were like, no, 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 we have our plan that the two of us came up with together. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Just do what we say because you have a specific power that we need right now. Mm-hmm. Do you think we are too jazzed up on this because of our love for Ocean's Eleven? Is what oh, I'm getting for now. Sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. That's like that's a but, determining factor in a lot of my life. It's, oh, this is like Ocean's Eleven, therefore I love it. <laughs> but 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 like yeah, if we want to highlight little moments that worked, it was uh like Thor in the getting back to uh, montage. Thor, party Thor, just not paying attention to Uatu. There's mm-hmm. a giant cloaked baby head, and he's just ignoring him because he's too much of a partier. Also, Thor has a, a tattoo that's a. What is a magnifying glass on a stand? But yeah, his 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 science tattoo. Uh, Evil Strange sucking at toast. Like I think this uh, this episode, and maybe it's because we've seen all these characters or most of them nailed down character moments very well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I would say that I could use more of that. But for this, this is I think that this is a Deathly Hallows Part Two situation in that uh-huh. they feel like that they had earned, and whether they earned it or not, I sat through the first ten episodes, so I got to enjoy this. Um, to do something that is totally third act with almost nothing but quips and punches. Um, right. there, I mean, there was no plot moving on here at all, which is no. that, that part's fine. Um, that part doesn't work though. That, I mean, that's, that's sort of the cockiness of Marvel, I think at this point. It, right. it is kind of like the vibe it gave me is um, because we did just get, you know, everybody going against each other in like some of the raddest fights we've seen where it is this mix of almost like Japanese Spider-Man where they got big and everything. <laughs> and then also uh, like X-Men, like there was it was all just down to like this battle that you were like just a little kid waiting to see. I mean, mm-hmm. what do you need more than Ultron's a little distracted? So he gets punched 37 times in a row, 37 <laughs> different ways. It's so good. Yeah. And and the uh, Apocalypse, Black Widow, and Captain Carter both doing shield, 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 uh, shield, shield, and shield. And to double sh- like footballing him in half was fucking awesome. It was so good. This is one thing that Marvel has started to realize that they could do is just have women do things and not highlight it and just have two women fight together and be like, there we go. Look at us go. It it took the misstep of all the girls screaming girl power in Endgame for them to be like, oh, what if we figured out to be more subtle about it? I, I think a lazy, because so certain character moments in action is working, the parts that were not like highlighted, the Killmonger is just gone. Mm. He's just, we do not see him for so much of it. And so, oh, of course he's going to betray them. And so it, it was lazy writing. Yeah, and I mean... I think it's strange looks at Yuatu and he's like, you motherfucker, you had this all planned out because you knew Killmonger was going to betray us. That, oh, well, what Strange should have said is, oh, we had 10 episodes. You pulled something from each of the episodes. That's obviously what's going on. How they worked Killmonger into that of knowing that he would betray them. Yeah, we're not super skilled. Right. I just wish he was in those the earlier fights. There, there's a part where it even like, uh, when I think it was Ultron got even bigger and it showed all the Guardians of the Multiverse's faces looking horrified and not his. Yeah. So even they're like, well, we can ignore him until we need him, right? Like, yeah. It's just like, pretend you cared a little <laughs> about like <laughs> a mystery, guys. Speaking of that, uh, I did uh, one of my notes here says, did, did I miss an episode with Gamora? And after further research, uh, we all did. So yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, That's what I was wondering. There was an episode that they just... Like basically animated a little bit of it, which we probably saw in this episode, and they uh-huh. ran out of time because of COVID, and they just bumped it to the second season. So uh. next season, the only thing we know is that there's going to be a uh, Scar, Iron Man, and Sakaar. Gamora. Sakar, sorry, Sakar, Iron Man, and uh, Gamora fight against Thanos. Damn. 
But it was, and I do like that. That means he's going to have a trash heap armor, which we mm-hmm. saw. Like, <laughs> it it does mean um like for that one that was one moment where like they kind of showed their parody like at first i rolled my eyes when they were like it's the infinity crusher and i was like well fuck me (laughs) this is like what we're doing but then like that those were a moment where they kind of were like yeah infinity crusher and i was like okay cool all right marvel you're back (laughs) it was a thin line how how did you guys feel about uatu uh like his love letter to fandom and pop culture and, and like nerd culture where he's just like I'm not just a watcher. Your stories give me life. And like, it felt very much like, and this is what you guys feel like, right? Marvel fans. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. And like, I always, I always sort of get off on that shit. Um, but I thought it was weird for then to him to be immediately called out by black widow, which means she's also calling out us. Like, why are yeah. you guys just watching and not helping? And Natasha, I gotta say, if there was something I could do, I would fucking do it. <laughs> like, I would help you if you make me an Avenger for sure. I just don't think you are because of my past on the internet. Because because you saw a couple of bad tweets on Twitter, and you're like, oh, now we can't be an Avenger. Fuck you, Natasha. <laughs> Ryan, you can take a second. It's all right. Just go ahead and breathe over there. We'll talk about this. Um, I know before this final episode, we were kind of bummed that. Ryan was mentioning that you were kind of bummed that they didn't just make a thing that could stand on its own. Um, I want to know if you still feel that same way. And Mike, if you wanted this to be like kind of a weird offshoot thing as well, instead of, or if this finale was enough of a wrap up and parody ish to make it worth it. it. It was fun. It's like, it clearly the thing we wanted is not what they wanted to do. So that's fine. Like you, they, they get to set their own rules. Yeah. Not even what we wanted, what we thought it was, was what they, right. you know, we didn't ask for anything. We just assumed something because they took the title of a comic book. Yes, that's true. And, and like, a, a, like instead of doing one off, what ifs they're doing Elseworlds or whatever Marvel calls their Elseworlds. Right. And that, that's fun too. I'm excited to see, uh, Captain Carter in the second season deal with a winter soldier, Iron Man, steve rogers like that'll be fun mm. but it's just like it, it, it this is uh if you got nothing to do watch it but it's certainly what's the phrase that i hate but i definitely mean here like it, it's it's an inessential piece of pop culture okay All right. uh, that's better than it is what it is or it was a sh- I fucking i'm so done with that guys it was a show like great <laughs> way to not say anything media illiterate uh <laughs> i yeah i mean we have to understand that Superhero movies were always kind of big before Iron Man, right? Like, they could be big. They had the potential to be big. But post-Iron Man, the MCU movies hit a different level. I mean, Shang-Chi is responsible for saving movie theaters. Like, people are canceling their plans of releasing things at home. MCU is something bigger than superhero movies. And that's why DC movies do well. The Marvel movies are something on a whole new level, and it's because of their connectedness. You can't... Mm -hmm. You can't blame Marvel for like doing the, the research, doing the focus grouping, finding out right. why people are so in love with their shit and then not doing it. You know, like this now that we've seen it, you know, we sort of predicted it about halfway through and definitely two weeks ago. But now that we've seen it, of course, this is how, is how it was going to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's just not my issue with it. That's cool. That's fine. It's the the chapters on the way there were so hit or miss middling. Yeah. yeah. I mean, would you say that they're all. Two and a half stars, or would you say that summer two, summer four? Yeah, I, I think that so, summer two, so, summer three. I, I don't know if any four, of them are four. Four seems a bit high. Four stars is a lot <laughs> of stars. None, none of these oh, no. episodes made me go, oh, shit. <laughs> this is the Citizen King of what if. <laughs> 
All right. So overall, pretty good show. You know what? It it was it did what it did. Hey, it's a show, Ryan. Did no, you know I know. That? <laughs> did you know that? I did hear that. I also accidentally said Citizen Kang instead of Citizen Kane, and I do want this next era to be called Citizen Kang. <laughs> All right, but that is all the time we have to talk about What If. I did save some time to talk about a website, though. Oh, wait, one more thing. Yep. Party Thor scream. Party Thor gets grabbed a couple (laughs) times and screams at the top of his lungs, and it's fucking amazing. Viva Las Vegas. Ah! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) His battle cry always has to do with Vegas. (laughs) Just Party Thor. I love him so much. I'm sorry, Cassie, you were saying something. Yeah, a website, and I believe Mike had a website. He came back. He spent two weeks brainstorming for this website, and it's his time now. Mm -hmm. How many crumpled up pieces of paper are surrounding your trash can after two weeks of brainstorming? (laughs) Well, now the danger is, are you going to sift through and see what's ideas and what's crumpled up used tissues? <laughs> if you know what I mean. Jism? It's, it's jism. <laughs> it's, uh, of course, my website is citizenkang.org. And it's, do you want to see sci-fi superhero tropes in classic movies? You can do that. It's a database where you just go, I want, I want Loki and I want the... Mighty Ambersons. What's the name of that movie, Ryan? <laughs> the Magnificent Ambersons. <laughs> the Magnificent Ambersons. And then uh, Lo- Loki's just hanging out with, with that weird rich family now. Uh, and so it's going to be a, a massive site. Right now, I guess it's just going to be stills because we don't have the vast uh, database of movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Netflix and HBO and all of them, they own that a lot. So until then, it's just going to be uh, a way to take characters from the superhero shit you love and Photoshop them in to uh i'd say old hollywood 1960s and before hollywood movies you know what this so do you want to see margot robbie uh hanging out in the philadelphia story you know you do (laughs) who doesn't this sounds actually pretty delightful it reminds me of like old school uh disney games that you play online you need your parents permission to play so i'm in for this one i would be careful cassie because there isn't this sounds delightful honestly but there isn't a single mic plan that doesn't end with just fountains of jism so i would wait Mm, to judge until we hear the end of it and mike is there anything else to this website yeah if at the you get to the end of the level because it is kind of a game uh, even though it's like reading rainbow paper trail moving uh then it's just all those characters feet so if you've ever wanted to see jimmy stewart's feet wrapped up (laughs) (laughs) with ben affleck batman's feet there you go. Why do we have to have all these goddamn feet? <laughs> <laughs> like this is important work, and it seems like a lot. Yes. So <laughs> this is of the utmost importance, and I don't think you can handle it alone. So I'm gonna pass you off to my friend Cybersprout.net. All right, they are um, your foot partner, your digital partner for the your world. <laughs> That's not their. Will they help me rate feet? (laughs) Yeah, they'll (laughs) help you rate feet. They might be down if you get a cool person on the line. They're all pretty cool, but not everybody's down for feet. What up, Tyler? Looking (laughs) at you, bud. (laughs) Tyler might be down for feet, but what I can promise you, they can do. uh, They offer premium hosting that's specifically built for WordPress. They're going to handle security, maintenance, backup, and speed optimization, which is going to be so important. This is a huge website yeah you so don't want lagging on this you can't if you want to see those feet there could be no lag when that once you get there i would say cyber sprout won't lag on getting rid of your lag i would say that too say it, say it then i would also say that they work hand in hand with you or foot in foot depending on what you prefer uh they put a focus on collaboration and goal-driven design it's also easy to manage they got easy to edit fields if you want to take this on yourself they got custom templates drag and drop tools that's not for you mike that's for our other friends cybersprout.net okay. your partner for the digital world all right that's all the time so coming up now it's time for the pull list 
We are back for the pull list where we talk about all the other shows we watched this week. First show starting it off is Why the Last Man. In this week's Why the Last Man, Jennifer has to handle the return of former cabinet secretary and absolute right-wing loon Regina Oliver, while hero Sam Mackenzie Norris sucked into a militant cult of Costco. Meanwhile, 355 is a little rude to York, so he's like, fuck her, and him and Dr. Mann try to run off on their own. Taste Buds ask you this. How does Hero's plotline sell Roxanne's cult of personality? How does it sell it? Like, am I interested in joining? Do you, yeah, I, not are you specifically. I don't think you'd be allowed, uh, Ryan. <laughs> I think they would take Cassie, but neither you nor I. Hell yeah. But watching Hero sink in and Nora, do we? do you think the show is skating through and being like, see, everybody loves her? Or do you go, oh, I get why they would be gravitating towards her? Wait, why? Don't fall for it. What? Don't fall for it. Oh, it's this shit? I missed two weeks of this (laughs) shit, and I didn't miss it at all. Uh, Okay, so I understand your question, and I will not refuse to respond. Um, I think that they are selling it as a realistic thing that would happen. I think in both plot lines this week, we are finally getting what I didn't know I needed, which is the comic book version of The Leftovers. Uh-huh. Uh, and we'll get to the other, we'll get to the hero, or I'm sorry, the Yorick and 355 reason for that. But as far as Roxanne's cult goes, there's this thing about cults. And you just wonder, like, hey, can one cult just only do normal things? Is there any way that, like, <laughs> it's just like, it, it's a cool place to be, right? It's a giant Walmart where there's tons of supplies. And what if we were super cool at all times of the day? And I don't mean like picking up guns, protecting their property. I understand that that's what you have to do in a post-apocalyptic world. I'm saying, uh, what if we were also so secretive and we didn't have uh, ceremonies where we dipped people into baths, which no religion Put has grave dirt like on that. folks. Um, and I realized that you have to, if you like cult leaders, if you don't become God, if you don't create this system where they, mm-hmm. people put full faith in you, then it's not going to work, or you're at least afraid it's not going to work, which is the worst thing you can right. have is a scared cult leader. And so when uh, Mayor in Ireland, what's her name? Is that Nora? Uh, the redhead? The redhead? Yeah. Uh, she comes in, she thinks she's fucked up, and she's like really kissing ass on Roxanne. Uh, that makes sense. You know, like you, you put people, you want to put people in this position where they're scared of you, therefore they will grovel, therefore they will become loyal. And that's sort of how all of this works. And I think it's that scene with Roxanne and Nora... I think sells it because she's groveling and you know Roxanne does want her to grovel. Right. Because she's a cult leader. But what she says is, uh, the world ended. It's okay to be yourself. You fucking and I was like, bitch. <laughs> I, I think Nora falling into the cult makes so much sense. Based on what we've seen, Hero about to ditch her best friend and the only person in the world who cares for her because a bunch of girls who she's never met say, we know who you are. It's just like, I guess you need somebody to join a cult too. Yeah. And they have... They've decided, like, I, I, there's probably a lot of people that go through there, but they've decided, Roxanne has decided that Hero is going to be very initiated, mm-hmm. you know, like, they, or recruited, I guess, more than initiated. Uh, but Nora is on the fence, and Sam is definitely on the outs. Yeah, Sam's going to get right up. Uh, I mean, Sam, uh, a girl was not mean to him, mm-hmm. so she got the shit kicked out of her. <laughs> like, there was one point where the girl was like, hey, baby, I'm horny as fuck, and I'm horny for you. That's not the part that they were mad at. It, she was just like, no. hey, Sam, things are dangerous here. Watch your back. And they were like, I'm sorry, what'd you say? And then beat the shit out what? of her. Are you surprised? In the, in the cult, because they're like, oh, it's a funeral, which meant I thought they were going to kill Sam, but it was the Laura was dying and Athena was reborn. Uh-huh. There's like a dozen of these women in this cult. 
Athena feels like I know the first yeah. name to get. How is that still around? Because I am now Athena. Seven. <laughs> That's early on. I was like, is this like the birth of the the Amazons? And then Roxanne takes her shirt off. I was like, oh no, it, it isn't hinting at it. This is the Amazons. Yeah, this is absolutely. Like, this is straight up. Which it's been a while since I read the comic, but I don't think I think the Amazons just popped up and they were this wild yeah. gang and the TV show, which typically is a bad idea, is going from the very you know, birth of the Amazons. Typically, this is what TV shows do that ruins it, is that we have to get explanation for every single thing that happened. Right. This feels good. I'm intrigued by the plot line. And I know that Hero is a piece of shit, but uh, she's an interesting piece of shit, and I want to see if she gets better or shittier. That's what the brown kids are, man. They're interesting pieces of shit. (laughs) What the fuck, man? (laughs) You know people listen to this podcast and pull quotes out of it. (laughs) Yeah. Not that. <laughs> no, that's what, York and Hero Brown. That's what the brown kids are. <laughs> They're interesting pieces of shit. You <laughs> are illiterate piece of shit. <laughs> that's fair. I meant the characters York and Hero Brown, who are the brown children. Uh, yeah. I hate I hate the world, man. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move to moments of the week. Mine was Mike uh, fucking up that bad. Ryan, what was yours? Um, my moment of the week, I would have to say that Agent 355 is... All business, right? And mm-hmm. probably the best part of the show because either the show has different stuff for her, like we don't know what her, all of her motivations are, or right. they're from the comic book and I just don't remember. But I don't know what she's doing right now. But she is all business and she only does things to help her mission. But Dr. Mann suggests, well, one of the things that you could do to help your mission is go and jerk off Yorick. And Agent 3-5 is like, absolutely not. There is, a, <laughs> under no circumstances, I don't care how important it is to the mission, will I do uh, that shit? <laughs> Mike, what about you? Uh, a couple, one is, th- this was the episode where Jennifer Brown's assistant has a miscarriage? Uh, or was that that's last, last week? Uh, okay, but in general, I just want to call it Amber Tamblin. I think if this show gets bigger, she's going to go down in one of the best villains in pop culture history the way she balances humanity and real natural moments and snidely whiplash (laughs) uh i fucking love it and i think this actress is crushing it and if you and so just if you thought that but you weren't sure maybe she's crushing it compare her to regina the right politician the very uh like right wing fringe Mm -hmm. right wing politician who is as snidely whiplash as you can get with nothing, no other second no or human. third dimension. Yeah. And to put her against Amber Tamlin, and this could be writing, but as far as acting goes, like, Jesus Christ, one of them is crushing it. Uh, and then another one I just got a, the name was Weird Al is Dead of this episode. And there's a certain point when they find a different cult and York is talking to uh, another person there who's just like, rest in peace, Weird Al. And it made me laugh and sad. <laughs> Did you see the tweet from Weird Al? Where he sat down no. to watch TV, watch some Hulu, <laughs> and that popped up, and he took a screenshot of it, and he was like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> That's amazing. Awesome. Uh, Why the Last Man is Mondays on Hulu. Our next show is Riverdale. On this week's episode of Riverdale, the gang has to pick up the pieces after a rough year. This was the final episode with Mark Consuelos, a.k.a. Hiram Lodge, as a regular. What parting messages do we have for Mr. Consuelos? Peace out, bro. Brett. Brett. Two more push-ups. <laughs> more. This is a character. Honestly, I'm fine with him leaving. Yeah. It's, it's all right. Bye, my friend. Uh, Riverdale's Wednesdays on the CW. Our next show is Supergirl. 
On this week's episode of Supergirl, the team is now going after the Totem of Humanity, which upon activation stripped everyone in its vicinity of their humanity and passed it on to Nixley. After an ethically questionable plan to suck more empathy from people uh, gets shut down, the team comes together and ends up winning this totem. Taste what I ask you. How many times do you think uh, about our witch friend this week, and what do you think she's up to right now? Uh, so, spell, or not, I don't know. Um, look, do you want to get spelled? Fine, you're spelled. Good. Are you happy now? Do you mean that lady? That lady. That one. That very one who we just got in the studio. I can't believe we got her. Get out of here, lady. <laughs> Love her. I never leave, actually. Uh, come. I will have a wine night with you. You're my best friend. <laughs> She seems fun. She seemed, she's a cool girl. All right. Uh, Supergirl's Tuesdays on the CW. Our next show is Doom Patrol. Well, on this week's episode of Doom Patrol, the gang is ready for a new adventure. So they make a deal with Madame Rouge. If they do a mission for her, she'll leave forever. So despite getting in the bus and leaving together, it results in separate adventures. Rita drinking with Rouge. Cliff talking to a woman in a glass cage. Jane talking to the fog. Cyborg talking to a different version of himself. And Larry reuniting with Paul. Taste buds, I ask you this. Which one of these mini adventures remained interesting the entire episode? Jane. Cyborg and Cyborg? Did anybody watch this? <laughs> Surely not Cyborg and Cyborg. Um, no. Okay. Does anybody want to ask me that then? Hey, Ryan. Ryan, which one of these? Cassie. Which one of these stayed interesting the whole time? <laughs> uh, it's Cyborg and Cyborg. No fucking way. I swear There's because no way. Cyborg I called it. played, he looked 10 years older his other self and he was like this militant uh civil rights like screaming like borderline homeless but also philosopher and i didn't know that the guy who plays cyborg could do anything other than stand there and be like my eyes red no now it's blue <laughs> now it's red uh it was it was weird to see and it, i mean i've never seen this actor in anything else before so this is the second right. role i've ever seen him in yeah that's insane it's better cyborg better cyborg is yeah. the second role yeah um, what was the next, which one was the most disappointing? The most disappointing, I, I don't, I think I was disappointed overall because they were finally back together. Yeah. We're Doom Patrol again. And they had to spend the first 10 minutes being like, we're not a team, but we will be a team for this, I guess, which is part of Doom Patrol's problem. It's like, it's the same thing with like the Punisher. It's like, I'm not mm-hmm. a good guy, but I will do this one good thing, I guess. And then they, they got split up and they all, uh, they went into the fog and they had their own visions, which is essentially a dream episode. Yeah. It might as well yeah. be a dream episode. Yeah. Lame. Always lame. Was there a moment of the week, though? Yeah. I'm going to say my moment of the week is when they get called for the team meeting. First of all, Madame Rouge goes around. Do you remember her? She's the the chick from Sabrina. The time, oh, the- Madame Satan from Sabrina? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she walks around to everybody's room and says, three minutes until team meeting. And everyone's like, you can't call a team meeting. Like, you don't have that power, but they're all there. And <laughs> Madame Rouge sits there and says, well, how is everybody? And everyone is pissed because she's not saying, what's up? Why did she call the team meeting? And Crazy Jane says, would you call us all down here to watch us to watch you work on your kegels? And then, <laughs> which is good. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start saying that to people. <laughs> but then it has this look, my favorite look of looks around the room and be like, yeah, what up? Did you, did you hear me say that shit? <laughs> like, just like basically reaching for the high fives all over the room. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's why this show is good. Um, Doom Patrol is Thursdays on HBO Max. Our next show is Titans. This week on Titans, while Crane sets his ultimate sights on Nightwing, Gar and Rachel investigate Red Hood's place of rebirth, Donna and Tim reconnect in the real world, and Corey learns the truth about her past. 
Taste buds ask you this: Where would you want to be reborn if you could choose? Oh boy, um, I would say in the sky. I was gonna go in space. So. Yeah, and then you just fall. Yeah. And I know I'll be reborn again, so it's going to be a fun-ass fall. Just keep going just through a loop. over and over and over again? <laughs> I think next to the Yeti and the Matterhorn in Disneyland is mine. Oh, I thought you were going to say the real-life Yeti, and I got excited, but then I forgot you are a nerd, so of course it was at Disneyland. Well, if Mike gets reborn inside the Matterhorn, then it will have the real-life Yeti. <laughs> it's Mike. Mike is that fucking hairy snow bitch. <laughs> fucking good one. Titans Thursdays on HBO Max. Our next show is Lucifer. In episode 306 of Lucifer, Lucy tries to win Rory over with gifts, shots, and teaching her things. Meanwhile, Menadiel is learning how hard it is for black folks, even black cops. In the next episode, Maze and Eve's wedding is interrupted by Eve's dirtbag ex-Adam, and Chloe rejoins the Force to join a Menadiel in taking down corruption of the Force from the inside. Taste Buds ask you this. So many of our shows have tried to tackle real-world issues. How does Lucifer's handling of racism and police brutality rank among them? I, among our shows? That's hard. Because it's obviously low and terrible but then when you put it in our shows i don't know medium <laughs> i still think low and terrible uh <laughs> i think these were two great episodes of lucifer but for them to be like the lapd is fucked up to black people and let's try to handle it and then run away immediately from that to deal with wedding shenanigans is like yeah it feels like in the writer's room, you realized you couldn't do it, yeah. but still filmed the part you wrote <laughs> where it was going to be Chloe and Amenadiel versus decades of fucking gross police bullshit. It's as if uh, when they were thinking about handling this, they were party Thor, but then reality, yes. as Yatu, grabbed them, and they went, ah! <laughs> I'm going to need you to pull back just a little when you party Thor out, Ryan. <laughs> no, he's going to stay right on mic. <laughs> no, physically pull back. <laughs> Uh, and especially a couple weeks ago, Ryan, you were talking about how it's like the worst piece of copaganda we've seen. And I agree. It was when uh, Sergeant Harris was just like, real cops do this and blah, blah, blah. Uh, this didn't make me think that wasn't copaganda. It's just they, they were trying to be like, see, it's nuanced, but cannot. This is not the show to handle this. Yeah. And I think they, I think it only looks good. These two episodes or the, the handling of the LAPD in these two episodes only looks good compared to the nuance of that scene. Where she was uh-huh. like, yeah, that's how LAPD rolls. Compared to that, this is better. But compared to other shows or real life, it is not. My, my current theory is this is what's holding Dan back from heaven. And why he's in he- hell and now a ghost is the one thing he feels guilty about is being just part of Rampart for, for most of his career. That Because he's like, we, we've known Dan's a piece of shit as a cop. And then we knew he was a piece of shit as duties. Like, this... In zooming out, this whole show is actually about Dan's redemption, mm-hmm. which is strange. But I think this is the one last piece. Is he's like, oh, I was fully part of keeping black folks down my entire 40-year career. Right. I feel a little bit bad about it now. But yeah, and I, I, I mean, that's the interesting part. Although it mo- mostly it had to be connected by you, Mike, and not the show for me. <laughs> right. But, uh, like, <laughs> uh, I haven't said the N-word as a cop. Therefore, I'm not racist and there is no racism. Despite mm-hmm. propping up all of the systemic racism you possibly could at every single second of your life. And that's, I, I think it's dealing with when Harris talks about Chloe, I thought that was really well done and interesting. She's like, cause the deals like, well, Chloe's a good cop. She's like, well, she was born into the system and is white. So of course her career is different than my career. Yeah. I was surprised when they handled it, when they, what they did in these two episodes was handled. Well, they just ran away from it so fast. Cause they're like, Oh, but fun wedding shenanigans. And Ella's going to get drunk and realize 
who everybody is. How do you think Ella Drunk speech did? Uh, I feel like I missed a couple episodes. I feel like I missed the Gamora Iron Man Sakaar episode of this because <laughs> uh-huh. she went from not knowing. Like, I feel like that we were just talking about, wait, does Ella know or not? I can't remember. To having a full on uh, murder, board. murder board in her <laughs> locker. And then it all came out here. And I got to say that Lucifer sets itself up for like a lot of it's it's capable of doing some good reveals and some good drama maybe not with the LAPD mm-hmm. but not with this either like Lucifer straight up tells people he's the devil constantly yeah. like <laughs> he doesn't keep it hidden at all and so I don't think this is gonna I think that it, this is rocking Ella but it's not rocking us in the way it wants it, us to right especially because it's like one of eight plates they've been spinning I would rather have spent more time with dirtbag Adam mm. and whoever I, I love and hate this let's actor, get there but dirtbag <laughs> Adam or Adam is played by um, the guy from Righteous Gemstones and the guy, yes, the guy from the Mick. It's Mickey's boyfriend from the Mick, and this guy is—he will only be a sleazebag. It's a—I <laughs> don't know if it's voice. You know who this is? It's this is uh, like non-offensive uh, T.J. Miller. Uh huh. And I love this actor so much. <laughs> He—he's great. If 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 it's non-offensive T.J. Miller, it's chunkier uh, McBoyle brother. Who was also in the Jason Biggs movie Loser? Like, yeah, he he looks like a lot of guys. I he probably is the nicest guy in the world because of what his face and voice do. <laughs> oh, <for yeah>. sure. <laughs> that he has to be just like here at PA. I brought you lunch. <laughs> like, but I I don't know when I have seen this character before because Adam's a little old school. Let's say uh, uh-huh. the oldest school, but like how he speaks to women and how he thinks about them. Like he'll be like uh, after you. So I can look at your ass while you walk away from me, <laughs> and the woman will turn around, whether it's Eve or Maze or whoever, and be like, "No, that's not what you say." And he's like, "Shit, I'm sorry. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. I thought that the ass compliment would be nice, but I'm trying." <laughs> when they flipped the heel turn, it really it was because now he's just uh, the doctor's sidekick, Doctor Linda's sidekick. And when he was like, "You're actually a really smart doctor," she's like, "You don't <laughs> need to say actually." <laughs> yeah, like it, it is. I I want. I wish he showed up on the show before because it is delightful um it sounds like he might be all you guys moments of the week because he's a delight but uh, let's go ahead and go to those mike what is your moment of the week uh chloe sees rory's magenta bladed wings and freaks out a little and she goes to tell amenadiel uh about like how she's concerned like what does that mean about rory's emotional state and, and blah 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 and amenadiel just goes wow that sounds awesome <laughs> <laughs> he does not realize that uh, he should be worried he misses about, his wings uh, dude. Evil- <laughs> <laughs> he's just like oh knife wings hell yeah it's fucking rad <laughs> uh, ryan what's your moment of the week uh i have a couple one uh is an adam moment it's something that we don't really get very often as far like adam does the heel turn or the turn away from being a heel the reverse heel, the turn? Reverse heel yeah. turn and say apologizes to eve right before she's about to go down the aisle and says i'm really sorry would you do me the honor of letting me walk you down the aisle? And then Eve, remembering her past, her present, and the future, is still like, good apology. No. Fuck you, dude. (laughs) Go eat shit. I'm going to do this by myself. And then the other one is, uh, Rory is talking to Trixie. And Uh uh, these shows will always have, like, the magic of the child, and only a child will believe, and only the child has the imagination to, like, see what's true. And, uh, Rory is talking to Trixie very familiarly because it's her older sister. And Trixie just stops and says, like, wait, who the fuck are you, dude? Like, <laughs> why are you talking to me like this? Like, stranger danger. I don't know you. Uh, Lucifer's on Netflix. Our next show is The Walking Dead. 
On this week's episode of The Walking Dead, we are introduced to the most hated character from the comics, Sebastian, in their 11th season. Sebastian is just out here in a zombie-filled world trying to get his dick sucked while everyone else is fine to stay alive. Speaking of fighting, uh, Maggie and Negan are maybe done fighting after they're forced uh, to work together and have a heart-to-heart where Negan admits he does not regret killing Kent, Glenn. And, and they somehow- both sucked Sebastian's dick. Which is weird. <laughs> they sucked some dick. That's a bonding moment. Taste <laughs> was I ask you, is it a good move to bring in an already hated character this late in the game? I don't remember Sebastian. Do you remember who that is? I didn't... I didn't finish reading. He's like some. The comics. I'd, he's like the the son of whoever. Oh, runs I remember camp. him. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Hated? He does some things is, in the comic. Is he supposed to be an annoying shit? Yeah. yeah. He's like a mayor's son, and he just the mayor's trying to do this thing of like, even if you're an elite, you still have to do work. And he's like, no, you don't. <laughs> like he's a little, he's a little brat that ends up doing some very bad things. Like getting that dick sucked. Like getting that, that dick, dick sucked. sucked. <laughs> <laughs> the Walking Dead is Sundays on the AMC. <laughs> Our next show is The Walking Dead World Beyond. On the season per- season two premiere of The Walking Dead World Beyond, Hope tries to leave the CRM facility, but after too many run-ins with walkers, she calls to be picked up back up. Eventually, while at the facility, she's reunited with her dad. Meanwhile, Iris and Felix are chilling at Will's safe haven, where they learn of the CRM corruption. Taste what they ask you. You going to give this final season a chance? I'm no <laughs> great. <laughs> I'm a little surprised that none of us watched it, but really? I'm not really surprised at all. I mean, like, yeah, I thought that we liked the first one, but if, if sure. we don't have to watch the second one, we're not going to. Exactly, Boom. there it is. The Walking Dead will be on Sundays on AMC. Our next show and final show of the week is Star Girl. On this week's episode of Star Girl, everyone is bunkering down and trying to wait out the storm, which Eclipso uses as the perfect time for some mind torture. After having to relive his past running with Eclipso, Pat finally admits how the JSA stopped him in the past, which was by killing his host. In the final scene, we see creepy child Eclipso gleefully watching a family breakup from outside. Taste buds, I ask you, does this secret seem worth all the hiding? No, especially Pat didn't do it. Pat yeah. the whole time was the voice of the guys. We don't do this. While all the superheroes said, "Shut up, Stripesy, go fix our cars and shut your mouth." <laughs> you don't have a voice here. I've never thought about this before, and I have read probably what like six comics and seen two superhero movies in my life. Uh, I'm, this is the most accurate depiction of superhero and sidekick interaction that we have. Uh-huh. That has, like <laughs> they would be, they would be so mistreated. Yeah, they they could. I want to see an emotionally heavy-hitting spinoff show of Stripesy and Starboy, or Starlad, whatever he was, and then it is like the rise to fame. Like, they used to be a duo, Mm -hmm. but then Starman gets real powers and gets real superhero friends, refuses to let his turtle go, but also treats him like shit. Like I I was a little confused, aside from stunt casting, of why Joel McHale was made Sylvester, and uh this episode, like, no one can shit on our Patty Duggs. Like Joel McHale can, <laughs> yeah. like well, just the way of him saying, "Like I didn't ask, get the fucking car." Like, oh damn, Joel McHale, just like that. T- I thought no- we were a community. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only person who does it worse uh, is a guy who watched Mike try to be Italian last week and went, <laughs> "I am the wild cat. Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> what do you want to be a fucking spicy meatball? <laughs> I'm Ted Grant and I got the kids. I'll kill anybody who threatens my kids. Uh. Pick up a fucking ranch and spin some spaghetti. Uh, this guy <laughs> does suck. I Every time they had anybody talked, like he came in, I was like, why is he going so hard? Why did he get as many yeah, scenes? Yeah, he went ham. <laughs> also, some of them, like, our, like older hour man, 
talks in such a way, like he's a little bit nicer because he knows what a fucking idiot he looks like. Wildcat yeah. looks like the dumbest, and he just pretends like he doesn't know that at all. Or maybe that's why his You're just a mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, they're all like, hey, Pat, there's five of us. That's why we're all down here now. Please vote. And then Wildcat, right as... It's Pat's turn to vote. Screams. He's just our mechanic. How can he vote? It's like, Why did you oh, say that upstairs, Wildcat? We were just <laughs> yeah. up there when we had a vote to ask Pat. They had a whole elevator ride down, and he waited until they circled up in a perfect circle, and then was like, now my time. Do you know what's also fucked up in ways they mistreat Pat? Is uh, They're like, hey, Jay, Flash, it's cool. You're one of us. You don't have to participate in murder if you don't want to. Pat, you're yeah. getting your hands dirty. <laughs> Fuck you. We'll kill you if you don't help us kill this Get in guy. that fucking car. <laughs> Give me a fucking meatball sandwich because we're going to fucking murder. Uh, we, we didn't talk about that, though. Who was the person you just talked about, Mike? Which JSA Who? member? Jay Garrick. Jay Garrick is, uh, I don't remember his name, uh, John Wesley Ship. John Wesley Shipp, the Flash from the 90s, who also plays eight characters on The Flash. I squealed a little. I don't know if we've had a like a touch point between this show and other shows. Yeah. This is the first real, oh, this is the part of the multiverse. It was like every time he gets brought on, there is this instant old school feeling. Like him, every time it cut to him, I was like, no, we don't kill. I was like taken back to like an old school. like. But he always runs up and he's yeah. like, no, we don't kill. Sorry, I have to go to 17 other dimensions right now to <laughs> also so, remind them. I have so much to do. <laughs> I'm so exhausted by telling other superheroes we shouldn't kill people. <laughs> it's literally my only job. Um, but outside from that, we do have um, Eclipso just messing with everybody's mind. This was almost like a dream episode as well because we just get everybody's like torture, their worst fears coming true. Mm-hmm. Um, was there any... like? There, the show has done pretty good at like horror scenes, I would say. But how did this episode stack up for you? Did it fall a little flat, or were any of them these like scenes getting you? I, I mean, the reason it falls flat for me is that I forget the premise, and uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, when Cameron comes in to take out Mikey, I'm so stoked because I hate Cameron and I hate Mikey, so I want them to kill each other. <laughs> Mutual. Yeah, uh, but then I remember fucking the clip. It's a clip, so it's all. Uh, there's That's some. Always- I bet there's some bitch little Cameron's- kid standing outside that window. Yeah. The- giggling camera's not gonna ice a dog uh what i loved is mike's like you can go make out with my sister you can stop lurk, so lurking hard. you don't have to lurk over me right now and cameron's like no that right there should have told mike that's not camera you know for the little price of 10 baseball cards you could go i'll let you go make out with my sister right now <laughs> he literally like came in the door he's like oh come on in uh my sister's in the basement yeah. <laughs> all alone please go um i Go. I, I the one i liked was barbara and jordan one i i liked the, i thought that actor did a good job at icicle but also like Everybody else is in the middle of talking about Eclipso. She's just commuting. You know, she's zoned oh, out. Like, yeah. the, And the slow creep of ice worked for me. Everybody else should just scream Eclipso and run through whatever the hallucination is. Yeah. It's the ultimate goal, though. Because to watch a, a little kid stand outside of a house watching a family disintegrate and then giggling, <laughs> that's, that's scary. You know, that's, but, yeah. that's terrifying. Mike has brought up a lot about how he was a marriage saver baby, and I imagine that this is what he did as a baby <laughs> watching his family disintegrate. Yeah, I'd go outside, <laughs> look through the window, <laughs> and laugh and laugh and laugh. But is that the point of this? Is Eclipso just fuck, just hates the nuclear family and wants? <laughs> if you're happy and you know it, here's Eclipso. <laughs> here's Eclipso. Yeah, he he hates. Uh, we learned last week he hates black people. Uh-huh. And this week he hates uh, the nuclear family. He's just going to keep going around and ruin things. Not to like defend or compartmentalize racism, but does he hate black people or does he just know what Beth hates to hear? He, yeah, I think he knows people's buttons. Yeah, 
So uh, yeah, just I just want you to stop saying that Eclipse was racist. Like you're being, <laughs> you're offending me. Somebody hmm. has to stick up for this child. As uh, what, what some listeners have called the Eclipse of the Superhero Show show, <laughs> Ryan is offended. Uh, but yeah, this one, it felt like an episode that wasn't fully needed. And like the secret f- seemed to fall flat. Like it was just like they, you have to kill the host. Like because they brought it up so much of like this will forever change her. Like they don't know if she's going to kill or anything. Like it's the only yeah. way. But of course they're going to find another way or whatever. Like it just seemed a little pointless. The, what I took it as, because I did the Courtney's reaction, I think is overblown, though she is like a teenager, but is this is this show's version of you realize your parents are flawless? Because the way Pat has talked about the old JSA is they were the best, they were flawless. Right. And so her her the things she's looked up to and is trying to emulate, she's now learning they were human and could be dirtbags and mean to mechanics mm. and had flaws. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You were mean to a mechanic? Uh, but yeah, I think that, like, I don't know if Pat is... Technically, based on when he was born, a boomer, but that's some boomer ass shit is to say this yes. next generation is terrible and unprepared and immature and awful because our generation was perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what I love about the agelessness of the show is uh, Courtney is clearly a teenager right now. She is whatever's under Gen Z. And Pat is her stepdad. And, and so is RH oh, yeah. or, or a boomer. But he's also in the flashbacks. He was stripesy in the 40s. Oh, <laughs> like it is this weird. They did <laughs> nothing. To, to cover up Pat, to cover up <laughs> Luke Wilson's age, it was. I I prefer it because it's probably very expensive and it still looks terrible. But I think his bangs were a little bit longer in the past, <laughs> and he was always like, "Starman, what are you talking about? Uh, gotta rub my hair." Uh, uh, let's go ahead and move on to moments of the week. Uh, Mike, what do you got? I got three, Cassie. Hell yeah! And they are all Pat involved. Let's go. Uh, one is uh, a very sweet, good moment. Is so casual and quick. Is Courtney says, "Pat, I love you." Mm. But when have we ever been prepared enough to make you happy? This is it. One. This is the number good one. Good call. But like the I love you, and it's just like not a big deal. It's just like oh, and I just lovely. When she said that, ah, oh, lovely. <laughs> uh, when she said that, I kept thinking of. I tried to have this image in my head of Pat Dugan just saying, "Well, that's enough preparation. That's never gonna happen. Yeah, We're never gonna, gonna see that." I think that's the moment Eclipso was like, this family must burn down, yeah. too. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to destroy them. Uh, my second Pat moment of the week is uh, when he turns around and there's a coffin there now, and it starts to open, Luke Wilson's face is just like, terrified, but also like, come on! <laughs> like So just like, and now the coffin opens! And then uh, the third is uh, Starman being just the biggest dick to Pat at the funeral. He digs into him for calling Jay Flash, and then for daring to ask a question. He, I mean, he straight up says, like, uh, let the adults talk. Like, yeah, that was crazy. At, I got mad. At a funeral, while Jay Wesley Ship is looking Pat in the eye and is like, Eclipse is here. And Pat's like, who's that? Starman's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> He's like, don't you dare even, don't even look at him. Spit on him. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, what's your moment of the week? It was that one. It was the, Pat, I love you. But when are you, like, when have you ever said, oh, we're prepared enough? Yeah. It won't happen. We talked about mine, too, and it was Mike just so hard trying to get uh, little Ice Baby Cameron to make out with his sister. It was <laughs> a weird move. That was before he was trying to kill him, too. Oh, my God. What is that? Uh, well, you killed my dog. What is that? I've heard of a hot dog, but a cold dog? Nah, that, that's all fucking gay. You want to go in the fucking basement? I got my sister? I got a newspaper for you. I'm Mikey. Good night. Flawless. Stargirl's Tuesday. I hate that there's a character we all hate on our show named Mike. It really... It really, listen to the episodes that I missed, and you guys are just like, fuck Mike, hurt so bad. <laughs> it's really therapeutic for us yeah, in no. two ways. It's, it feels really good to say out loud. <laughs> uh, and his his voice that you just made fun of is so much like my voice that that bothers me. 
<laughs> it's not inspired by two combinations. Uh, Stargirls Tuesdays on the CW. That was our final show for the week. It is time to go to an interview. Mike, who who are we getting? Who'd you get for this? I got Dan Murren, who is uh, co-host of Biff, the podcast. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of the kind of show that would watch and review TV shows based on comic books, Okay, uh, but they do it. Wow. Uh, he also is the host of, of Relay of the inter- he, he's on a thousand fucking shows he's a sci-fi writer this guy has the life i want and but only will giggle anytime i say how do you balance it all he will not he refuses to tell me which makes me think that uh all his wives are leaving him i don't know <laughs> but it was it was awesome talk. here's the important question though and i think this is the most important part about any interview did he like you did he think that you were cool i think so okay right. i'll listen then we'll determine that when yeah. we let's go ahead and play that right but yeah now. It, it was a great talk and uh enjoy it Welcome to the crossover, Crisis and Infinite Pods, the segment where we introduce you to other podcast types doing cool things in the wide world of nerddom. Today's guest is Dan Morin, author of the Galactic Cold War series of sci-fi espionage capers, the co-host of superhero recap show Biff, movie show Not Playing with Lex and Dan, Star Wars TV podcast A Complicated Profession, tech shows Clockwise and The Rebound. Dan also writes and hosts nerdy quiz show Inconceivable and is a frequent panelist on The Incomparable and is probably on a thousand other shows I'm missing. Welcome, Dan. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. That it's I get tired when people list that kind of stuff. It's, I was so excited to write down as many as I could. There was a bunch that you guessed on often that I was like, I, I'll just... It's too many. It's too many. I'll summarize. How, 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 how are you here right now? Should, are there three other podcasts you should be recording? <laughs> oh, I do them at the same time. It's learning to split yourself into like a multiverse, seg- like different facets sure. of your persona. That's helpful. It's helpful in the, the time management sphere. Right, so some people do the multiverse way. Some people just have the Jamie Madrox power. Where yeah, like, well, there's I don't, five of me now. I don't like hitting myself that much. Right, because there's different angles. So, Dan, how we'll start basic. Uh, what's your nerd origin story? What were you into as a kid? I would say for my earliest days, uh, Star Wars was always my biggest fandom. Uh, mm. When I was a kid... Uh, four or so i remember my parents will dispute this but i remember getting picked up from my preschool to go see return of the jedi um i think i later on doing the math i think i determined this had to be like a a re-release in like 84 or 5 Mm -hmm. uh because i wouldn't have been in preschool otherwise i think at that point um but i i was super jazzed to see it and i clearly in my mind knew what was going on so i must have seen the earlier movies already at that point um obviously i had action figures and all that but it it kind of that was pretty dominant for the beginning part of my life but then very quickly there was no more star wars really like because i was born in 1980 so by the time i'm in elementary school star wars is not like a going concern so i had to find other outlets for my nerddom and it took a variety of forms um I was I got into D and D fairly early. I want to say maybe when I was in um, late elementary school, early middle school. I had a cousin who was really big into like tabletop RPGs and Magic: The Gathering and stuff, and he got me into that stuff at a very early age. Um, but there wasn't really an, a facet of fandom that I feel like in that era I wasn't into in some way. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember fondly as a like a preteen teenager going to comic book stores with my friends 
um, you know, we would bike down to the nearest one that was like a few miles from us and, you know, down this sort of treacherous, really busy street where I look back down and think, who was letting us do these things? <laughs> um, or taking the subway into, uh, you know, where sort of the, the kids were hanging out around our town that were sort of had the more comic and, and nerdy shops and stuff. So sci-fi fantasy i read a lot of sci-fi and fantasy books too that was i think probably how i filled most of my time as like a you know elementary school preteen was reading because like (laughs) everything else in that era was kind of hard to nail down i mean like yeah being a fan of tv in that era was like okay how do i find the science fiction tv shows how do i know when they're on how do i get a good episode like it wasn't like now where you can just sort of like click a button and have like the entire library at your fingertips right it's so yeah. It's so easy to be nerdy in so many ways. It's so easy to be nerdy now, but just like you said, finding the stuff. Uh, and what I think we lose though is that, and I'm sure people still do it, but like there's so much. So it feels like oh, I have to check off that show. I have to read that comic. Right. Yeah. But back then, you're like, well, I guess I'll watch that one episode I recorded on VHS a thousand <laughs> times. So there's that like obsessive part of nerdum that feels like it's kind of gone away. Yeah, I agree. And I was very fortunate because I think a lot of nerd origin stories carry with themselves that degree of, um, especially in the 80s and 90s, the ostracism. And I was super lucky. I had a ton of friends who were also really big nerds. And like, we were all into this stuff. So, you know, we would go to the comic book stores and um, the uh, we would go buy our magic cards and we'd hang out and, you know, watch sci-fi movies and all this stuff. So, uh, you know, and I started doing writing and stuff from an early age, and my friends and I were always trying to make games, whether they're RPGs or like collectible card games or stuff. And I, I think I was lucky in that regard because it never felt to me like a thing that really set me apart or took yeah. me out of a community. It always felt like I was part of a community because that's what all the people I knew were kind of into. That's awesome. Yeah, you're you're lucky for that era. I I count myself <laughs> lucky. Yes. And then you, you we're going to flash where you grew up. You're an adult, and now uh, it feels like for your job, you also are a part of that community in all aspects. Yeah, I, I think, again, I've been really lucky to find uh, like-minded people pretty much wherever I go. I think there's there's so many of us, and I think, you know, obviously the internet has enabled so much communication, and I think a lot of the people who were nerdy tended to, like, already have a facility with technology and stuff like that, so there's a lot of overlap, and mm-hmm. and I think that's one of my great joys. I mean, I, I do write novels and stuff, which is a somewhat solitary pursuit, but I really appreciate right. having the community of podcasters and, and fellow nerds that I get to talk to all the time about this stuff because it's a, it's a, you know, finding that touchstone of being able to, uh, you know, find some common ground and talk to people and really get into the weeds about this stuff. It's, it's one of the great joys of it. It's not as much fun to enjoy by yourself. No. Yeah. I mean, that's, and you, you're balancing, right? It, it, there, there's definitely the fun of cracking that story and creating the world. It's like you, you're doing the, what is it? Galactic cold war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The galactic mm-hmm. cold war series. And then, then you're like, okay, I'm, I'm lonely. Now it's time yeah, to exactly. talk about Mandalorian. <laughs> and how, how many current, because it, it looks like you do some seasonal shows, like like the Star Wars one, right? Yeah. So how many yeah. current podcasts are you actually doing right now? <laughs> uh, I would say, I mean, every week or so, I do at least uh, three regular shows. Those are mostly anchored by the tech-related shows I do, because that's right. a little closer to some of my day job stuff. Um, but I do, we do Biff, our comic book show, our superhero TV and movie show pretty frequently. And then everything else is kind of seasonal or irregular as mm-hmm. things pop up. So, you know, 
Uh, I started a complicated profession just as a podcast covering The Mandalorian. We did a bunch of stuff when Clone War and oh, uh, Bad Batch came out. We covered Bad Batch episode by episode. And then, of course, there hasn't been anything else on the air. So that's kind of, you know, subsided for the moment. But I'm sure it will come back uh, later in the winter when uh, The Book of Boba Fett rolls around. And then everything else just sort of depends on kind of where we are. I, I traditionally, yeah. I, I do a movie show with my friend Lex Friedman, Not Playing, uh, where we watch movies one or both of us hasn't seen before, but are fairly popular. And that one tends to be, we do a season every year that kind of tends to start in the summer and then runs oh, nice. through till the fall. Um, so I like having those recurring things too, because it means yeah. I don't have ne- necessarily have to produce a show every week but i get the fun of having a project roll around again and thinking like oh yeah all right it's time to get you know back on the horse for this and and do that instead so uh and then there's a bunch of other stuff that i do at the sort of same time you know i'm on a bunch of the uh the incomparable does several D related podcasts on under the total party kill aegis uh and so i sort of am part of a few of those different campaigns and those uh, broadcast fairly frequently, but we're we're kind of working off a big backlog at the moment. So like they roll out That's like good. a year after we record them. <laughs> That's better than uh, recording. But like I better edit this before tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Uh, Biff is. Uh, I mean, all your stuff is so similar to what we're into over here. But Biff is like I, I definitely say a, a sister in soul <laughs> show. Uh, you guys wisely are not doing literally every comic book based show. You just wrapped up What If. You're doing Stargirl. How do you choose uh, what shows you're going to cover? It's got to be stuff that we're into and enjoy. I think the trick with finding it is if a show that you want to cover is there. there is a certain entertainment value for covering things that you really don't like, but mm-hmm. I, I think we tend to be very positive in general. Yeah. Uh, and so we want to talk about stuff that we love and that is cool and fun and that you know we enjoy and we think you should watch because you'll enjoy it too. So... We try to pick stuff that we feel like, hey, we've been, you know, we love this and we would be talking about this anyways, even if we weren't doing a podcast. So that show started out because we covered Arrow for a long time. And I think as we much as we love some of the early seasons later on, that began to drag on us a bit. So we Uh um, even though we, we saw it out and we covered the whole show. Uh, we also started talking later on about like, you know, even during that show, we would talk about other shows we were watching. We're like, well, why don't we you know record shows about some of these other ones so uh, we've been very lucky to have such a huge catalog of stuff available to us that uh, it seems like every time we think like oh what are we going to talk about are we out of topics like something rolls around and we're like oh you know hey this show's starting we can jump on that or this movie came out we should talk about that so it's, it's never never really a shortage of topics to discuss there is not we uh when we started there was like four shows it was like gotham shield walking dead yeah uh and arrow and we would take summers off uh, mm-hmm. Or covering mm-hmm. like BTAS, and now that there's, I can't take anything off. There's, there's a thousand shows. Oh my god, there's so the many. We got stuck into covering three shows a week there for a little while, and that was yeah. like, oh no, this is too much. <laughs> and we, we thought we were, uh, we had a moment the last of this week's episode where we recorded, thinking like, oh, we'll be down to just one show next week, and then realized that Legends of Tomorrow comes back next week, nice. and we had been covering. They had like a very short hiatus, and we're like, oh, right. never mind, we're back to two shows. The, the, the quickest, like they took a month off, but they're saying it's different seasons. Yeah. So, what, what, what is your favorite? superhero show been in the in the modern era of in the WWE. modern era oh man that uh that's a like tough not going one. back to you know wonder woman sure sure yeah yeah uh, i mean i think arrow was very formative for us um especially some of the early seasons like you know it invented the whole sort of genre i mean not invented but it like it, it 
it thrusted into popularity in a way that it hadn't been really. I mean, even though shows like Smallville ran for like 10 seasons, um, it did not turn it into sort of the phenomenon, I think, that it, right. it really was past that point. So um, for me, in, in recent months, uh, I mean, overall, in the last several years, Legends of Tomorrow is one of my top shows because that show is bananas and hilarious. And I think mm-hmm. not enough comic book shows get to do that, get to lean into the, like, let's just play with the absurd and do a, a comedy that is also a superhero show. Uh, it also earns the distinction of having one of the worst first seasons of a TV oh, yeah. show in recent years that somehow managed to really turn it around, and that that is highly to its credit. I, I feel like that's when, like, after the first season, they're like, what if we stopped trying to be another like flasher era what if we did truly our own thing and that's when they just like let the weirdness loose and it works for that show it's great i love it because there are so many other shows that are so serious in the way they treat themselves and i think that that is fine but you don't need every show to be that because it just gets redundant and you wonder why am i watching the same show four different times yeah, that's. I mean, I have a lot of complaints about the Flash, but a big one is like he's supposed to be like a happy character. Yeah, he's he just really been sad sack for seasons. Yeah, now, so it's like all right, so much done. Um, what what is your day like? <laughs> like, so I know you got the data, <laughs> but like, yeah, how do you? Uh, this is you know for the interview, but also as you know, uh, a podcaster and writer and a pop culture aficionado, I'm 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 baffled by your your output. So how, how do you juggle it? What, what, tell me your secrets. <laughs> oh, wow. I wish I had one. Um, I, for me, it's about carving up the day into like discrete sort of times to do things. So I tend to write in the mornings because I feel like my brain is fresh at that point and it's easiest to sort of like come out with some input or some, some output of stuff that I, you know, need to get on the page. So when I'm when I'm kind of in a groove, I like to, you know, go for a couple hours in the morning and write some stuff down and really, like, not spend too much time trawling the social media or whatever, bef- like, get that all, you know, all the writing out of the way before I sort of engage with the larger world. Um, a lot of times I have podcasts sort of midday or in the afternoon as recording, so mm-hmm. that's a nice time for me to be like, all right, you know, I spent my morning doing some writing and, and getting that creative side out, and now I'm going to socialize, I'm going to talk to people... Uh, and then I squeeze in, you know, sort of the production stuff, which tends to be a lot more of the, um, I don't remember which side of the brain, but like, you know, it's crunchy. It's like, all right, yeah. now I'm going to focus on this task and I'm going to get like really down the weeds about editing stuff and production aspects. And it, it manages to sort of break up the day into different chunks of things that require like different parts of my brain. And I really enjoy that and and love that ability to sort of switch gears like that because it's really easy to get burned out on one thing. You're like oh, man, I've been sitting here for four hours and haven't been able to type a word. Like, I'm just so burned out on trying to come up with something. I can always switch gears and and work on a different project. So that I I consider that a a huge benefit to what I do. And how long have you been, like, living on creativity? Like, like borrowed time. Um, (laughs) I, let's see, I worked, uh, I've I've kind of been around and done some different stuff, but I was a magazine editor for several years at Macworld Magazine. So like, I still do a lot of tech journalism sort of as my day job stuff, but it is interspersed with the other aspects of what I do. Um, I've been a freelancer for about seven years now. Um, So kind of juggling all these different projects. uh, And it's gone pretty well it's kind of astounding to say seven years i'm coming up on the point where it'll be like having done having done this longer than i was like employed as a salaried 
person, awesome, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. So I think we are, we're coming in. We're going to go in for the speed round. All right. So we're going to start off with a question from a previous guest who did not know who you would be. Okay. Because uh, I didn't at the time. And so I'm going to ask you that, then the speed round questions, and then your last question will be for the next guest that I don't know who it is yet. All right. So have, have part of your brain cooking a question. Thinking. Now. Thinking. So... This is a question from Kevin from the Hellgate City Companion. He says, how important is it to have an active sexual imagination? <laughs> wow. All right. Definitely didn't see that one coming. Neat, yeah. Neither did I. <laughs> um, I imagine it's quite important. I mean, everybody's a little bit different, but I think it's probably a big part of everybody's identity to a certain degree. So um, I think it's it goes hand in hand with the rest of your imagination, uh, I would certainly wouldn't say it's the most important form of imagination, but for a well-balanced life, I think it is pretty important. You know what, Dan? I think that is a, a healthy and a safe answer to that Thank question. You. Thank you. I try. <laughs> All right. First nerd thing you bought with your own money. Oh, uh, I was thinking about this just the other day. Uh, I I think it was I bought a box set of all the soundtracks from Star Wars when I was like 15. I remember driving to like a circuit city to do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I used to have the Return of the Jedi soundtrack in like drive real late at night in the dark hills of monterey uh it just felt it's good driving music yeah Yeah. all right first fictional crush slash current fictional crush (laughs) first fictional crush uh probably princess leia probably right like classic yeah yeah. i mean (laughs) current fictional crush Ooh, that's a great question i'm trying to think through all the uh all the stuff that i have watched um Oh, man, I don't know. I'm just going to have to pick. This is kind of ahead of the game, but um, I'm picking Jane Foster because I love Natalie Portman, and mm. the fact that she's coming back to to play Thor is awesome. So I'm here for that. I, I like that guessing that the mighty Thor will, will be it for you. That mm-hmm, makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right, which fictional character do you think you could make into a cake? <laughs> do I have to, like, physically turn them into a cake or like a cake that represents them a cake that represents thank god because otherwise (laughs) disturbing (laughs) um fictional character that i could make into a cake i think it would have to be something animated um i'm gonna pick just because this popped in off the top of my oh you know what i'm gonna pick i'm gonna pick ein from cowboy bebop who is an adorable corgi okay love a good corgi cake and uh now a bonus question that you've implanted in my brain if you had the diabolical power to turn things into cakes who would you turn into a cake <laughs> who would i turn into a cake that is uh, a, a living walking cake a person. living walking cake <laughs> um i think i would have to pick you know what i'm gonna pick bebo from legends of tomorrow because he's, yes. he's like half cake already delicious if you could change any tv show by making the lead character a baby but the plot stays the same <laughs> what character would you change <laughs> um oh man uh lead character a baby I think I would probably, <laughs> I just finished watching Lucifer. I think nice. that would be a fascinating show. The dynamic would be very weird. Oh, just a debonair little baby. Debonair little devil baby, yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right, what is the last truly great thing you watched? The last truly great thing I watched. Um, I. You know what? I really loved the first episode of Foundation on Apple TV+. Plus. It is utterly gorgeous and just yeah. sprawling like i i'm a space opera guy you could probably tell i write space opera <laughs> i love it and it's just it, it felt like a thing they took a thing that was unfilmable and really turned it into this gorgeous beautiful expansive story so i, I can't wait nice. to see where where that show goes 
Yeah, I haven't. I actually haven't checked out anything on Apple TV. So, but that is oh, a good. Yeah, well, you got to watch Ted Lasso. I'm sure. I have. I, I I got my hands on the first season, so okay. I'm behind on the rest. All right. Your final question is: What do you What do you want to ask the, the a future guest? Uh, I think I would like to ask a future guest. Um, if you had, if you had the power to travel anywhere in the world. Where would you go, and what would you do when you're there? Love it. What, what about you? Where do you think you'd go? I think that, you know, I've, there's a bunch of places I've wanted to travel a bunch, and, like, obviously, the current world situation has made yeah. that pretty tough. Um, high on my list, I've always wanted to go to Japan. Um, I told my wife this a while ago, and she has actually been uh, before we met. So I, I'm like, well, that's, that's sad. I want to go. So I think I want to go to Japan, and I'd love to go up to some of the northern uh, parts of the island where it's a little more remote and just, I don't know, it seems like a cool, chill place to go. Sure. Sounds awesome. Where uh, I lied, I said that was the last question. Where can people find your shit? You do a lot. Where does it live? It's all over the place. The best place, sort of clearinghouse for me, is uh, my website, which is dmorin.com. Has a link to all my podcasts, has a link to the places I write columns, has a link, most importantly, to my books, which you can buy at all fine bookstores. Um, I'm also on Twitter at dmorin and Instagram at dmorin. So you can also find my stuff there. And you have a new book coming out, right? I do. Series? I do have a new book. It's coming out next July. It's called The Nova Incident. It is book three in the Galactic Cold War. And uh, I really hope people buy it so I can keep writing more books in that series. That'd be great. Love it. Hopefully, being on our humble podcast helps boost those numbers a little. <laughs> Dude, I'm thank looking you so for much it. for uh, joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This was a pleasure. All right. It was good to meet you. Take care. You too. Back to you, Cassie. All right, we're back in the studio, back from that interview. Mike, I think I can say, I think he did like you. Thank you. After listening to it, I'm I'm like about maybe 75% sure. He kind of, he would maybe, like, if he saw you out and about, he would, like, give you a head nod, at the very least. He, he wouldn't turn around and run away right away. Yeah. And you know what? Cool. That's, That's basically friendship. So you're, you've I think made so. it. You've made it, my friend. But um, that is the end for the show, which means it's time for us to just plug things. Mike, we haven't had you been able to plug websites. So I, you know you have to plug some websites. I, I have to, and I'm honored. Go to yourpopfilter.com for everything we put out. And Cassie, can I do a little sclusy? Articles are back on yourpopfilter.com. So if you want to check out and read about the comics that made Shang-Chi who he is before he became Marvel's latest and greatest hero, check out the newest article from Alex Scott Webster. Also go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Bookmark that. That's how you shop on Amazon now. If you want all kinds of extra fun bullshit, go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Pick a tier, get fun stuff. We're putting numerous things out for you every week there. That's patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. I'm very excited for the articles. Glad to hear those are back at the resurrection. Um, we also got some other shows. We got Movie of the Year, where Mike and Ryan and their other friend, Greg, um, they find the best movie of every year. 1975 still going strong? Almost wrapped up? We, we are wrapping up, thankfully, so soon. We get to leave the 70s. The 70s. Great year. Just so long. And a strong one, though. So definitely check that one out. Uh, we also got Doing Bits. Uh, you guys are, you know, making your way through Love Island. It's a lot. So, you know, you guys take your time here. Thank you. It is 55 
hours of television a You're, season. You so guys are insane <laughs> for taking on that journey, but it is Sometimes delightful. you got to take weeks long breaks, okay? <laughs> it's a delightful podcast with you and your wife doing bits. Uh, there's also Unnatural 20s if you don't want to listen to the guys and just me and my other friends uh, try to get through our 20s. Yeah, if you support women. You if know. you like women, Unnatural 20s, go ahead and head on over there. Um, Mike, can you tell us about social media? At your pop filter on Twitter, on Instagram. Follow us, hit us up. You know how those things work. You know what's up. We're also hip on all the things happening right now, including Bad Art Friend, um, a gorilla joke. It's it's good content up there. Uh, I like your previewing tweets. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> how else are we going to get them to go there, Mike? Um, we also got an email contact at your pop filter. If you don't want to go on Twitter, but want to email us to know what is on Twitter, go ahead, hit us up, contact at your pop oh, filter. Oh, yeah, we'll just take screenshots of our tweets and email <laughs> send it over your you. way we're here for you um next week we got a big episode because the walking dead ends for the fall it is not fully dead it will never die oh. um we didn't also or legends of tomorrow and batwomen are back plus the final shushi of the year and actually no not the final shushi we have Two more shushies for you Two guys. Two more shushies. Never in that as well. And um, we also get eight more shows eliminated in the bracket 400. So it's going to be a great episode. Be sure to tune in for that. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For me, I am me. Bye, everyone. <laughs>